Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage technology advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms call us when the dynamic island is acting up. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. In this case, a new product or two along the way. <laughs> maybe even three. Maybe maybe exactly three categories at least. Whoa. Three, yeah, that, that, that works. Yeah, so obviously we got to start by talking about the event. And Noah, let's go over the hall. What did we all get? Would you like to start us off? Yes. So we should go in event order. What did they start with in the event? It was the Apple Watch? Uh, yeah. Or was it? Series 8. Yes. Series 8 was the first. Series 8 was the first, and neither of us got the Series 8. Yeah. And then... Uh, snooze. Yawn. Hello. Wake me up when it's actually interesting. What the heck was the Series 8 all about? That was, like, seriously? That's it? Yeah, it was a pretty minor update. And I think, you know, we said this on the stream, and, you know, we'll say it again here. I think that the the uh, the base uh, models of everything at this event were pretty underwhelming. So that goes for the Apple Watch and the iPhone uh, as well. And the Pro models, or the, the, the more expensive ones, were the really interesting ones. So we'll get into that as well. But I agree with you. Yeah, it's. I hope this doesn't become a trend, but I could see it becoming a trend. Basically, not a lot of new stuff on the more basic end. And realistically, the Series 8 shouldn't be the basic end because that's where the Apple Watch SE is for. So we, we're kind of entering this weird... Uh, not necessarily price creep, but tier creep category here, where everything is kind of getting tiered up over and over again. We saw this with the MacBook Air, right? They introduced a new MacBook Air, but it was a new higher tier of MacBook Air. So it didn't replace the old one, which is two years old, and they're still selling it for the same price. And now we have this going on kind of with the Apple Watch. The Series 8 was a snooze fest, let's be honest, right? I, I put this on Twitter, I think, quite succinctly. Unless you are planning on getting into a car crash in the next year, save yourself quite a lot of money and get a Series 7. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the Series 8 uh, and the SE as well were pretty basic uh, pretty minimal upgrades uh, from the last year. And I think it's that problem, you know, we're seeing this with a lot of the, the base models, especially, you know, you mentioned the MacBook Air, we've seen it uh, mm. with the Apple Watch and with the iPhone as well. The problem is that these products have been out for a long time, and they're just so good, you know, you have one that's a couple mm. generations old, and it's still totally fine. Go back to the original Apple Watch, that thing was not very good, and it took a couple iterations. It was bad. It was really bad. I mean, it was very basic. It was a very, very much a first-gen uh, product. You know, there were some products that Apple knocks out of the park first time. AirPods was one of them, in my opinion. Apple Watch was not one of them, in my opinion. Um, mm. But, you know, it takes a couple of generations. And I feel like the Series 4, you know, when it got that redesign with that bigger screen, that was, like, the first great 
uh, Apple Watch. And the Series 5 added the always-on display, which was which was fantastic. So the Series 5 is, is such a good one. And, you know, we both have Series 5s. And, you know, looking at the Series 8, there are some nice improvements, blood oxygen sensor, bigger screen, whatever. But it's not a matter of our watches being out of like too out of date. It's a matter of the new watches just having more features that we might want. And so I think we're seeing that a lot with these exactly. base model uh, products and all of the lines where they're just so good um, that it's not really an outdated. Uh, the issue isn't really that your product's outdated. It's that you know you want to upgrade to get new features. And a lot of people might look at that and say, well, isn't that a good thing, right? Because the products are objectively really, really good. But I think there are actually a number of downsides to that. And uh, we've started to see that, especially on the iPad, the Apple Watch now, and the iPhone. So the Apple Watch this year, I think, is a really good example of this because, as you mentioned, Noah, it's one of the more recent uh, product categories. It's only seven years old. You look at the iPad is 12, the Mac is like 100,000 years old, the iPhone is 15, but the Apple Watch has only existed at all, period, for seven years. So it, it really ramped up, right? If you look at a Series 0 versus a Series 1 versus a Series 2, 3, 4, 5, wow, things changed really fast and got really, really good. The OS got better. The hardware got better, got faster. It was less reliant on a phone. It became more independent. The always-on display was amazing. The Series 4 redesign was really good. But since then, Series 6, eh. Series 7, bigger screen, but eh. Series 8, even the most eh ever, I, I would say. And Apple is now going to be facing some problems. And, and one of them is... When your product is so good and you aren't willing to like try hard enough to make it better, you end up having to leave things on the table that could have made everything way better. Like, I was really surprised when they updated the Apple Watch SE and they didn't give it the always-on display. That seemed like a logical thing to me because it's the same... It, they, it, right now it has the display from the Series 4. So they would have had to do is put the display from the 5 and 6 on it. But they didn't do that. And I think the only reason that they did not do that is obviously not for technical reasons. It wasn't for price because they lowered the price. The only reason they did that was because no one would buy a, a very boring Series 8 if they could get the always-on display for $279. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, yeah, you get to that point where when the pro models, you know, the pro models have to be different, or I say pro models, the the, the, the different tiers have to have differences. That was Ooh, a weird noise. Our first panel has bit the dust. Yes. Uh, so, you know, the different tiers have to have different, uh, you know, features in them. And so, like you said, yeah, when the higher tiers... Uh, get features less and less frequently, or they get you know smaller and smaller, more incremental upgrades. Then that affects everything down the line. And so even the people who say, oh, you know, I don't care about the more expensive ones. I always just buy the least expensive one. It does affect you too. It'll take longer for you to get yeah. those features. You know, you see a feature, say, oh, that's really cool. I'll get it in a couple years when it comes down. Well, now it's you know an extra year, maybe an extra two years before you get it. Exactly. 
And like we're not even talking about the larger display. We're just talking about the always on display. That's from 2019, folks. And I think this is a great point here that cool guy 5555551 brings up. And that is the Series 5 with always on display is when they started seeing everyone wearing Apple Watches. I think that's actually quite accurate. I think the Apple Watch really became as widespread as it is now because of Series 5. And I have a Series 5. Noah has a Series 5. Neither of us have felt compelled to actually upgrade in the past three years. And we're tech people. We do, I do this for a living. I buy every other Apple product. But I have never felt the slightest need to upgrade my Apple Watch or, for that matter, my iPad. And now I think the same would be true of the regular iPhone 14. So we can go ahead and get into... Oh, wait, wait. We can't get into that yet. We got to talk about the Apple Watch Ultra. I forgot about that. Now, we talked about we talked about the rumors, the leaked schematics for the Apple Watch Ultra right before the event. And Noah, you and I were... Uh, we were pretty skeptical. Yes, we were. But as it turned out, Apple Watch Ultra was quite something. I've ordered one. I know you have, Noah. What was it that sold us? I don't know. It, it is exciting. It was exciting to see a really interesting new Apple Watch. And obviously, you know, that's the way that Apple's going to do it. If you see, you know, because we see the Series 8 is is a very incremental over the Series 7. And the past few uh, Apple Watches have been very incremental, like we said. But, you know, if you really want to have something new, you gotta you got to really, you know, go in a different direction. And I guess they could have gone two directions. They could have gone, you know, super luxury-like or, or more, you know, rugged sports adventure, whatever. The first route they did try with the Apple Watch Edition, and they still do it kind of with the Hermes and, you know, some of the, you know, other uh, uh, case materials that they have. So they have kind of done that a bit. They could have done, I don't know, I I don't think that they would have done something super fancy, because they kind of did that with the Edition. They could have done something a little bit less fancy, but that's kind of Hermes. But they went with the, 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 uh, the very rugged... Uh, sports kind of thing. It has a, it's a huge display, a huge battery. It's very distinctive with the orange uh, color. And I got... Oh, my God. This is a mess. Oh, my God. We're down another two. <laughs> the, um, the, the orange color with the orange action button. And I got it with the orange band as well because I really like... I really think that that orange color is cool. Um, they And just they just... Did, they just packed so much uh, into this watch, and at a really interesting price, too. So I was just very intrigued mm. by this uh, overall. Yeah, the price, I think, is probably the most surprising thing. Uh, I have to say, actually, this event, at least in the U.S., was really interesting because everything was rumored to be astronomically expensive. People were like, it's going to be 1099 for the 14 Pro, $1,200 for the Pro Max, the Apple Watch is going to be $1,000. None of the prices went up in the U.S. The only difference in price that we saw was actually the Apple Watch SE, and that's because it went down. They dropped it 30 bucks. So overall, pretty good. Now, 
if you're in the EU or the UK, not the same story. Prices went up quite a bit. I actually saw, Noah, in Turkey, if you would like to purchase the one terabyte iPhone 14 Pro Max, here that's Mm $1,599. In Turkey, convert that currency, (laughs) convert the currency into wall panels, and you will be paying $3,150. Oh my God. The base iPhone 14 Pro 128 gigabyte is $2,100. Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Even in, um, and actually, let me check this out here. Apple dot, Apple.co.uk. I, we have a ton of people from the UK that watch here. Oh, dearie me. How can I change? I'd like to become a Brit. <laughs> Apple.co.uk. There we are. Oh, splendid. Now, let me take a look at here. Oh, my. Goodness gracious. Pounds to United States dollars. It's 1,099 pounds. Whoa! Oh my gosh, that's 1,276 dollars to get the 120 gig, the 128 gig 14 Pro. That's that is not insignificant. Yeah, that wow. wow. Yeah. Whew. I did also notice something else, which is that for the U.S. store, Apple has gone back to having iPhone 14 Pro up top. In the U.K., they still have their tribute to Queen Elizabeth mm. on the front page. I guess they figured for the U.S., let's go back. Well, let's sell some product. Yeah. For the U.K., though. Pip pip. Yes, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I guess if they're raising prices elsewhere, they uh, they don't need to show them on the homepage. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying uh, inflation. Uh, I do also note, by the way, that in the EU and the UK, those prices include tax, VAT in the U- in the UK. So it it's not as dramatic. Uh, considering that if you buy an iPhone 14 Pro Max, I think there's like $86 in tax. So it's really like 1275 versus 1085 So okay. still noticeably more. Uh, but I think one of the reasons that this is happening, obviously inflation, but also uh, the pound and especially the euro are really weak compared to the dollar right now. And obviously Apple is a U.S. country. Most of these uh, tech conglomerates, not, why did I say conglomerates, corporations, you know, they do U.S. currency stuff. So if the euro gets cheaper, then that's like, uh-oh, whoops, we're accidentally giving a 20% off sale in Apple's eyes. So they go ahead and raise those prices, I think, like 150 or almost $200, mm-hmm. which puts it at about the same when you look at like if you look at the iPhone last year and convert those euros to dollars and you look at it this year and convert euros to dollars you would find it to be very very similar but the euro tanked 20% so they just tacked that onto the price yep yeah that's oh, gosh it's kind of rough 
But what wasn't rough, back on track here, look mm -hmm, at this, mm -hmm. was the Apple Watch Ultra price tag. I, I was surprised. Yeah, it was... I, I was surprised because they really did do a lot. They really did the battery. They, like, 36-hour battery up to... What are they, up to 60 hours with the, the whatever uh, power-saving feature they're going to have. The big, big mm. screen, uh, very nice case material, like, everything. You know, new bands, whatever. All of that. And, you know, $800 price. I was not expecting yeah. that. That's pretty good. I mean, 800 bucks obviously is a lot for a smartwatch. I had never even considered doing that before. Mm -hmm. But Apple finally figured it out. They figured out how to make a high-end Apple Watch without it being stupid. Because, look, we talked about this before. But Apple, ever since the dawn of time aka 2015 has offered an addition so at first it was solid gold that did not go well <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i think it's safe to say people were not willing to spend eighteen thousand dollars on one of those so then they said all right fine how about ceramic we'll, we'll try that uh and then they said okay we'll do titanium there was a while actually where they did aluminum stainless steel ceramic and titanium all at once i believe i think the series six hmm. i might be wrong on that maybe the five but <laughs> oh no they're so loud one today. remains they are they're very energetic and so apple had been trying to do that but the problem was you literally didn't get anything you got like a tiny little bit of gold that was not worth 18 grand. You got a tiny little bit of titanium that was not worth $850, not grand. And even now, the stainless steel, which not that many people buy for the obvious reason of like, why would you spend an extra? I think it's like two or $300 just to get a little bit of metal. And it also doesn't even age well because it's polished and it gets scratched and dirty. So it looks worse and it's more expensive and you get zero additional features. So it's not surprising that nobody wanted that. And so Apple said, all right, okay, fair enough. You got us here. So they took the Series 7 Titanium, which started at $849. And what they did was they started by cutting the price by 50 bucks. Then they added extra precision GPS. They added a larger battery with twice the battery life. A larger display with a sapphire glass, which is extremely shatter resistant. They kept the titanium enclosure. They designed new bands for it. They gave it a dive computer, an additional button, the activity button. They, they made it super duper waterproof, not just like mostly waterproof. Now we're at super duper waterproof. And I'm like, holy crap. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot of stuff to add at the, at the, at a lower price point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think Apple has tried, they've tried different things with the, with the higher end Apple watches. I think they've come to 
uh, realize, you know, they have the Hermes uh, partnership, and that at least gets you something. You can argue whether or not it's worth it, but at least you're getting, you know, a, a quality or, or a designer mm. brand, like whatever, I guess it's designer, right? So you're getting a designer uh, band is what I meant to say. And, you know, maybe yeah. a custom watch face. So you're getting something out of mm -hmm. it. And then, and then there's this one, you know, the rugged one with the crazy battery life and, you know, pretty distinctive look, uh, I would say. And then, you know, there's the, the Nike one and the, the typical one, and they still have the stainless steel, so you can opt for that if you want a shinier watch, so that's fine. But they've definitely toned, they, they've definitely, uh, I think they have a very uh, much clearer uh, lineup in terms of, you know, the different varieties of Apple Watch and and why you would want to buy them. So I think it's I think it's a lot clearer, a lot more streamlined now than it was. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Honestly, now that you mentioned it with the uh Hermes one, I feel like okay, I like what Apple did here with the Ultra. And I think they're going to find that a lot of people not even in their target audience, such as you and me, are are compelled by it. I mean, quite honestly, having a giant display, a different look, and twice the battery life, I was already sold. Like, that, I could realistically probably wear it for like two, maybe even pushing it to three days before I charge. That's pretty awesome. And so I was already like, you know what? Okay, for $800, that is a pr I think that's a pretty fair price. So clearly Apple went for the rugged... Uh, utilitarian approach here but i do wonder if there's not room for them to try luxury again but like actually you know wholeheartedly do it because i feel like the additions have all been kind of half-assed right all they were was case materials it, i feel like if they if they made an apple watch edition at a 600 700 800 900 dollar price point and even just gave it a little bit of something else, a fancy screen, a high refresh rate, a you know extra battery life, uh, something something that just made it look more premium, feel more premium, a little bit of extra functionality. I think they would absolutely find that people would spend money on that. I would. I mean, that the the ultra is great, but if if there was something a little smaller designed to just be like really really classy luxurious i could see myself getting that yeah i think and i want to talk about the size because that's one thing that i'm a little nervous about with the ultra but to your point that you made i think it could be interesting imagine this an apple watch edition uh that looks we'll say you know okay. it looks fairly similar to the series 8 obviously you know it has some kind of nice case material and it has the action button and the action button mm. is some something cool you know like it's orange on the on the ultra and it's that orange that's like uh some like international uh like emergency color or something there's like a it's this very yeah. specific orange but there's some cool like high end i don't know if it's like you know a gold button or a or a crystal i don't know anything about fashion period but like just some kind of a like like a little I thing there and then this has a little bit of extra functionality and it has a distinctive uh you know little thing there and, and maybe maybe that's something that they could do i don't know i would even like what if they made a round apple watch 
and they went with like a luxurious coating uh a, mm. a casing and they did like a little a, a round apple watch i don't know what maybe not pro it wouldn't really be pro but like i guess they could just call it an edition they could bring that back apple watch edition but it's it's a little round and it's slim and it's like tapered i i think that would honestly i think that could sell pretty well a curved display what about that yeah i think i would be interesting you know if they went for a full round display that would definitely have some ramifications for watch os uh, and you know mm. other devices other apple watches would this be the only round screen apple uh, watch but i True. definitely think that if they have you know one of the things that i really like about the ultra is that it has a different design it has you know a flat mm -hmm. display and uh and you know it's curved a little bit differently and whatever so i think that's kind of interesting i don't know if that's more or less fashionable uh, obviously they did it on the ultra because it's more practical but i don't know if fashion mm. people would say that that's better or worse but maybe they could change the the shape of the device a little bit uh and, and make it distinctive in that way that could that could be another way they could do it that is a good point uh i i would honestly like to see them experiment in the luxury space or not like okay when i say luxury watches that's very different from actual luxury watches because then you're talking like twenty thousand dollars plus those get those those get real fancy real fast i'm talking about like maybe maybe not into the multi-thousand dollar but just like closer to one thousand dollar watch space i think they could probably make that work um and it's it, it's actually interesting because i'm i'm seeing a lot of people that are talking about the pricing of the apple watch ultra and they're like you know, they're kind of like, yeah, it's cool, but $800 is still a lot. And I, I don't know. I just want to take everyone through a really quick thought process here, which is if you are looking at an Apple Watch, like if you look at the Series 8, the Series 8 is, is weird because, um, let me go, let me order it now. Let's, let's go through and build this here because... When you look at the starting price of three ninety nine, or three uh, four twenty nine for the larger size, it's hard to say like wow, four twenty nine versus eight hundred dollars. It's twice the price to jump up to the ultra. But when you look at the way Apple stacks up these watches, it's not actually that crazy. It it it, it seems it seems bigger than it is. So like for example. If you want to get uh, a 45 millimeter with cellular, you add $100 to the price. This one also has a band, right? So if you get a fun Apple band and cellular in just the aluminum case material, you're already at $600. You're already 200 bucks away from uh, getting the Apple Watch Ultra. So, and of course, the Apple Watch Ultra comes with GPS and cellular, and it's also that better, more accurate GPS. So we'll have to test that and see if it's actually, you know, more precise. But if you start adding just even these little things, you you really start to see like, okay, maybe it's not that crazy. If you buy, you know, only 
complete base model Apple watches, which is the smart way to do it, make no mistake, then yeah, it's a big jump. But if you're the type of person who does want to personalize your Apple Watch a little bit, you want cellular, you want stainless steel, at that point you're getting pretty close to the Ultra and you get all of those things, you know, titanium, bigger screen, bigger battery, all that stuff. And I actually do think, you know, it, it is an un, unironically good value full stop. Yeah, that's definitely a good point because there's a lot of things that you get on the Ultra that you can't get, you know, obviously the battery life. And, you know, I want to talk about the size because it's a bigger display and some people might like that, some people might not. But there's there are definitely some things that you can only get on, on the Ultra. And so if you jump up, you know, you're 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 jumping up, you know, maybe it's three hundred, four hundred dollars, maybe it's two hundred dollars, but you are getting uh, you know, additional features. It's not like it was before where you're just getting a different case material. Yeah. You are getting different case material, but other exactly. stuff as well. Speaking of other stuff as well, we should probably speak about the iPhone. That's the big event. I think we've covered the Apple Watch Ultra. I think it's super interesting. Let's talk iPhone 14. Starting with the actual iPhone 14 because that's how Apple starts it off. They gave us, I think, arguably one of the most boring iPhones ever made in all of human history in the regular iPhone 14. Do you agree with that, Noah and Chad? Yeah, I don't think that there's much of a discussion. I, I think that's just true. If you, I mean, you compare it to the 13, very little. I mean, what was different? The crash detection, not the chip, yeah. the colors, maybe. What else? Okay, the chip is different technically. Okay. So there's there's two things that were actually changed for the iPhone 14. Number one is... The A15 that they're using is the higher binned A15 from the 13 Pro. Okay. So it has the five core GPU, whereas the iPhone 13 has the four core GPU. Okay. So the graphics performance, if that's even something that you could measure or notice, is theoretically 20% better. Uh, the other thing that they changed is without really providing much details as to what that entails, they say that there's a new cooling system. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I suspect the removal of the SIM card tray leaves more room for heatsink. That would be my little guess. Yeah, I was so curious because they removed the SIM tray only in North America, right? So... I yes. I wonder like are they going to have mm. like if they're still making this model for all these other countries are they going to have a different US model is there going to just be an empty space there are they going to just fill it in with filler material like like how's that going to work Well actually Noah there pretty much always has been a different model for the US hmm. uh iPhones and iPads that you buy abroad generally are not the same as the ones there's usually three models there's usually us global gsm and china 
Mm-hmm. Those are all distinct models that have different um, model numbers. So whenever, like, you know, when we get those leaks that are like five new iPads show up in Eurasian database, right, you know, right. typically those are all the same model of iPad, but you know, there's Wi-Fi only, U.S. cellular, global cellular, China cellular. And so you end up with basically each one has four different model numbers for the same actual device, depending on location. So that there will definitely be different models. But the, the thing that will be interesting this year is typically they don't have too much in the way of a physical difference. But SIM tray removal would theoretically give Apple more internal space to do something with in the US. Right. I'm just wondering if they're going to do that. Because, like, I know that there are different models because there are different, like, cellular, uh, like, frequencies and, and, and different, like, um, I don't know the right technical terms, but they use different frequencies or different uh, technologies in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So there are different ones. I just wonder, you know, if they have the extra space in the US model, are they going to be able to take advantage of it? Or are they, because it depends, you know, it's, it's a specific space. It's right where the SIM tray is. That's, that's now empty. Let's say it's for better mm-hmm. cooling. Is that where the, yeah. where the, the, the uh, chip is, or is that where the battery is? Cause if that's where the battery is, they're not going to, I don't know if they're going to reorganize all the components in the phone just to put something else closer to there so that they can do better cooling for it just for one model and not for the other model. That's sort of what I'm, what I'm getting at. So yeah, it is on the so the 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 SIM card interfaces directly with pins on the logic board. So like okay. when you pull out an iPhone logic board, actually I can pull up a picture of one. Let's go on iFixit here. But uh yeah, so the 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 pins on the phone that when you put the SIM card in, it contacts are on the PCB. They're like it's not a separate part. Mm-hmm. So, it is directly on the board, and if I can find a picture of one, I believe it's also extremely close to. Um, I think it's like pretty much right next to the processor. Okay. But I need to find a picture to confirm that. Okay, they don't sell logic boards for the. I'm just trying to find a picture of one. Let me ch- let me see if I can go find like a little. Uh, teardown of the iPhone 13 Pro Max for example that's a good that's a good example oh wait no that's a 14 oopsie hee 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 we want to hit the wrong button um let's do a battery removal and then i think i'll be able to show you yeah we can definitely see it from here so let me go ahead and share my screen and i i do think you know, given the location of where all this is, it would make sense for Apple to do it this way. So let me, wow, it's really uh, quite tight in there. Yeah. So yeah, they've got stuff at the bottom for the Taptic engine and speakers. Remember, they have an L-shaped battery now. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So that's all at the bottom. Ah, here's a great picture. Oh, God. It opened in another tab. Hang on. This is what we want, Noah. 
Look at that. Okay, so that is okay. the layout on the inside. And over there you can see, uh, if you look right in that little crook in the battery, right in that elbow, mm -hmm. if you will, there's that little silver uh, piece of shielding with three dots. Mm -hmm. I believe those three... Oh, there goes there goes another one. Yep. The final one, even. Yep. So I believe that those three uh, gold dots you're seeing are the contacts for the SIM card. And they are actually pretty much right next to the A15. Yeah, you know, I, I think on the old phones, I feel like the logic board used to be on the other side and then the battery was a straight battery and i feel like it was on that side maybe i'm remembering wrong but that's what i that's what i thought like old you phones. are correct i'm rem i'm remembering from iphone 4s mm -hmm. which we took part many uh, those i believe you're correct and i believe the sim card was also on the other side in those phones as well it used to be on the power button side yeah yeah so that so that was maybe where I was a little confused. But I will say, you know, it is very close to the processor uh, or the chip. And if they have extra room there, if they could put some sort of a heat sink uh, or, or, or route some heat there, or I don't know. I'll be very curious to see the teardowns for this thing if they take advantage of that. But it is, it is in the right position for them to take advantage of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I really do want to see the teardowns. I might have to do one myself uh, if it weren't for the fact that I'm not very smart also wait a minute noah i'm just remembering something the iphone 4 is we were coming in from the back of the phone this is coming in from the screen mm. so maybe i think the battery actually was on this side the whole time but we were looking at it from the other direction oh yeah yeah i guess that i guess that makes sense either way one thing that's really standing out to me a lot here is actually how small the logic board is i mean this is a 13 pro max pretty big phone but you can see you know right in, from where it's tucked into the battery there uh you see that large metal module mm -hmm. that's all cameras mm -hmm. they go th the entire thickness of the phone then uh sort of to the lower left of that there's a black piece with uh, a silver inset that kind of looks like a SIM card. That's the earpiece speaker. So that's not logic board either. The logic board is only from the right of that, and then it tucks into the battery. It's, it's quite tiny. Yeah. Proportional to the size of the phone. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool, pretty impressive to see all of the little i mean the chip is like pretty tiny there's like the taptic engine uh which they've pulled out in this picture here but uh but before they did you know it's very yeah. tiny and the bat you know the l-shaped battery that just i don't know the way that they fit everything in there and it's all so tiny and so compact and it's pretty cool and it, it it's funny because it is quite tiny even though the phone itself is enormous yeah. as as my face is demonstrating by being eclipsed by it but all that being said i guess we wow we, we spent a lot of time talking about sim trays and we got to talk about the dynamic island holy of crap of 
course. iPhone 14 sucks. It's boring. Nobody cares about that. iPhone 14 Plus, cool. I like it. Uh, it's it's nice if you want that big display and you don't really feel the need to spend that much money. Now you could argue that rather than buy that, you could just go ahead and get an iPhone 12 Pro Max, which a quick Amazon search pulls up at, what the hell, $1,100. Why would you pay more? That's, what? Here's one for $999, $939. Damn, okay. That's, I feel like that should be cheaper by now. For 12 Pro Max, yeah. 128 $939. So I guess... I guess if you prefer uh, a, a, a renewed or refurbished 12 Pro Max over a new 13 Plus, 14 Plus, whatever, um, that's an option that you have. Honestly, choosing between those would be a little difficult for me. I'm not going to lie because the 12 Pro Max has more cameras, but they both have the same exact display. You know, no promotion or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the notch is a little different looking, but apart from that, I don't know. It's honestly kind of a crapshoot between them. I don't know which I would pick. Um, all things being equal, as they pretty much are, it's kind of just an aesthetic choice at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's just slightly smaller notch and I guess different color options. And I guess, you know, new device versus, you know, two-year-old device, but, you know. Now, we do have to... I I actually do want to talk about battery because Apple did something weird. And I want to show all of you guys because it's very weird. But uh, to to tee it up, I've got a great comment to read for you, Noah. Luke, Dwees the Ofuni 14 Heavy E Good Battery Lofi. Oh, I... I don't know... I don't, yeah. I don't know what di- I don't know what dialect of English that is, but I think I yeah. understood it. Yeah, I I for some reason I read this as being like kind of Swedish, you know. Luke, do is the iPhone E14 heavy a good battery lofi? I I'm pretty sure that's Swedish. I think I think you're right. I think that's Swedish, some Swedish English uh, uh, hybrid. Oh yeah, definitely a hybrid. Uh. But I guess, oh, wait, I feel bad here. Hang on. We've had a couple of super chats that I need to just address here. Yes. This is like a sponsorship break. All right. <laughs> so first of all, we've got Kayvon. Thank you for the super chats. Uh, you know, he found another $2. This is the guy at the beginning of the show that had already blown all his, his money on, on a 14 Pro Max Apple Watch Ultra and AirPods. He found another $2. Appreciate the support. Would Johnny Ive even approve of the Apple Watch Ultra? I think absolutely not, and that is why Apple is better off without Johnny Ive. I'm not going to lie. Bold statement. Yeah. Uh, Here we have another one from V, which may or may not be for Vendetta. It's impossible to know. Mm -hmm. They want the Apple Watch Ultra. They will use it in conditions where the 8 would not be suitable. The first Apple Watch, uh, because on the band, I, I don't know what that means exactly. So he wants a watch to push it to the extreme 
and says that people will buy it and never use it like the ad. I'm guilty of that. I will almost certainly not be getting lost in the woods or, you know, diving the Mariana Trench with this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another one from V said they spent a thousand pounds. Oh, sorry. I spent a thousand pounds on first watch because of the back metal strap. Blimey. I do like a back metal strap, don't you? It's quite nice. Do you fancy it? I do. I reckon. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. I reckon very much. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, what were we talking about? Battery. Okay, I want to show you something, Noah. Yes. And it's weird. It's very weird. I don't have an actual explanation for this. But I'm going to pull up here the Apple website. This is, uh, if you don't know, it's apple.com. Okay. Uh, this is where Apple, uh, they, they sort of promote their wares here. Now, iPhone 14 page, as you can tell from the everything about this, we scroll down, we see big and bigger. Okay, they're touting, of course, the new color, which looks to me like it's Sierra Blue, just recycled. Mm-hmm. Uh, big and bigger. We've got the screen sizes, and the first thing that we see once we scroll past, you know, we've met them, we're like, hello, these are the iPhone 14s. They say, our longest battery life ever. Right? Weird, right? They, they, they noted that at the very top here. And if you remember, Noah, they did also say that in the event. Do you remember seeing that where they, they said the iPhone 14 Plus has our best battery life of any iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, if I go ahead and scroll down here, I'm on the compare page now. If we go down and find battery, which I think I may have passed. Oh, nope, oh, there it, it is. Saw, yeah. Power and battery. Video playback. The iPhone 14 Plus is rated for up to 26 hours. The iPhone 14 Pro Max, 29 Video playback streamed, the iPhone 14 Plus up to 20 hours, the Pro Max up to 25. In fact, the only area where Apple is claiming that audio, uh, that, that the battery on the 14 Plus is better, is audio playback. 100 hours on 14 Plus, 95 on Pro Max. Is that not a little bit strange? that they used battery life as a talking point for the 14 plus and they were like this is the best battery life ever they did not talk about that at all with the pro max which has better battery life what's going on here that is weird and i wonder can you switch the 14 pro to maybe like a 13 i would have to imagine that they're comparing the 14 and 14 plus to like the 13 uh, and saying that that's where the battery life is better, and also because they needed another uh, another well, thing to talk about. The thing is, though, they said our best battery life in an iPhone. They weren't saying, like, better battery life than the other one. They said this true. device has the best battery life of any iPhone, and that's not true. Like, even the 13 Pro Max, right? The, the 13 Pro Max, uh, for some somehow is rated for one less hour of video playback, but otherwise is the same as the 14 Pro Max. 
So why are they making this claim? Because it, from everything that Apple is saying, these are their claims, it does not appear to be true. Unless they're literally just quoting the audio playback and that's how they're getting to this claim. Yeah, that is interesting. Not something that I thought about. I don't know if it's, you know, they didn't have enough stuff to talk about with the regular ones and... And so they're talking about that the battery life is better. The way that they worded it's definitely yeah. weird. I honestly don't know. It's it's definitely one of the most strange things that I have seen in quite a while. Uh, I'm not sure what what the deal is with that, but you know, I, I I'm trying to think of why they would do that. I think honestly they just wanted to really highlight that if you want good battery life and you don't want to spend a thousand dollars yes the 13 uh, the 14 plus is probably uh the way to go in fact maybe that would actually sway me earlier we were talking about whether you would take a 14 plus or a 12 pro max and i think that would probably put me over the edge there that is a significant improvement in battery life so I'd probably take the uh, 14 plus for that reason. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. You know what else is a fair point? What? The Dynamic Island rocks. It's awesome. Yes, it is based on based on first impressions. It does seem very cool. I will agree with you. I'm I'm honestly like kind of blown blown away that they they took the notch which has been made fun of the worldwide for 5 years now. It's been an eyesore. Remember when everyone made fun of them when the iPhone 10s came out and they used that wallpaper that was conveniently completely black in the top part of the screen so that in the press images you couldn't see that it had a notch mm-hmm. even yeah, look back at all of the iPhone Pro wallpapers they're all very dark and very sneaky they like to hide the notch and what Apple just did was they said you know what folks we don't need the notch we're not going to hide our, our technological compromise that we need to make to put this stuff up there. We're going to put it right in the middle, slap a digitizer on top of it, and we're just going to make it a part of the phone. And I think, honestly, that is a fantastic way to deal with that problem. It's not doing the impossible. It's taking what's possible and doing the best that you can with it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I think it's, you know, I just saw a comment here, the dynamic island just proves Apple DNA is thriving. I agree, this is one of those things that's an Apple thing. It's, you know, the hardware mm-hmm. and the and the software working together in a way Absolutely. that other companies can't do. And like you said, taking, you know, something that was kind of annoying or, you know, it wasn't really functional, it was just kind of there as necessity. You know, and taking mm-hmm. that and actually making it into something that's like part of the phone itself. Now, I'm very curious to see. I'm excited to play around with it and see how, 
genuinely useful it'll be versus just being kind of cool but i will say at the very least there's a lot of different um like alerts and uh things and they kind of showed this in the thing like you know there's a thing that pops up when your airpods connect and it looks different from some of yeah. the other alerts that show up and so unifying all of that in one place is definitely a nice uh a nice touch and, and just oh, the animations and the way that it works and i keep watching mm. there's the one where it has like a little like a bell ringing and the bell's ringing and it like slightly vibrates the the dynamic island and it's just like such a beauty yeah. like the animation is just so beautiful and responsive and like alive i don't know it's just really cool i love watching i just keep watching that it's so cool it's i mean yeah it's and some people have said you know in renders it looks like that but in person you can kind of see the uh the pills for the face id and for the camera honestly it does not seem very noticeable to me i honestly was uh, was perfectly fine with when we just thought that they were going to black out those pixels in the middle to make it one pill and use that for for audio and video dots remember when we thought that that's what it meant we were like mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's amazing they're gonna have two status indicator lights in there and we were yeah. like that's clever yeah. And then they were like, yeah, guess what, huh? We're going to completely reinvent the way that you interact with your phone. You know, mic, mic drop. That was a mic drop moment. That was just like, holy cow. That's amazing. That is such a good idea. And people are like, oh, it's super simple. You know, all they're doing is like putting widgets up there. Yeah. Nobody has thought to do that. Nobody has thought like, hey. Why are we trying to hide these things when we could just like kind of make that part of the functionality of the phone? That's what makes this so cool. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you can talk about, you can say, you know, how much is it a gimmick? How much is it genuinely useful? And that will remain to be seen. But it is, it is yeah. cool, regardless of, of what it is. It's a novel idea that other companies mm -hmm. haven't done. And it's really integrated with the hardware and software in a very cool way. So even if it turns out to be more of a gimmick than anything, which it may or may not, we'll see. It's still very cool, uh, a very cool thing. And I love that they led with it because I think they led with that with the with the 14 did. Pro announcement. And that was just like a big because that's definitely the coolest, uh, you know, and there were other cool things in the 14 Pro line. But but that was definitely the coolest thing. And the way that they led with that and 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 we really weren't expecting it. You know, it's a software thing that doesn't usually leak as much. So we really weren't expecting that. And that was just a great way to, to, to introduce the, the, the new Pro models. Yeah, I think, honestly, the Dynamic Island is what the Touch Bar wanted to be. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's the, that little blend of hardware and software that the Touch Bar never got that right. It never, it, it, it tried to do too much while also not doing enough. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a worse way to do the things that you wanted to do on it normally without really giving you that much else. Like, remember in Final Cut Pro, you would see where you are in your timeline and you could scrub around? Yeah. Redundant, unnecessary, not useful. You look at the Dynamic Island, different story. Because... Like the one example that I think of is push notifications. So when you're using your phone, you get a banner notification. 
I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I. I don't know that I have seen this firsthand, but I'm. It, it seems like they're pretty much going all in on that. So like, if you get a notification, it'll pop out of that dynamic island, which tucks it way higher up in the screen, more out of the way than it would have been before. It's like those little things give it such like visual utility. Like they even showed um, the 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 little the little face ID icon for when you're doing Apple Pay mm-hmm. as being like the 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 dynamic island expands into a square and then it retracts. Like just that little thing, you know, it, it tucks all of this stuff further up into the display, more out of your way, which it, it wouldn't have been able to do before. Like imagine you get a, you get a notification on Twitter, a text from your friend or uh, information about upcoming directions on on the regular phone now like look at look at where on the phone that happens it's all here it comes in below the status bar but with the dynamic island you tuck it up a little higher up make it a little thinner it moves things up there out of the way and it makes the status bar actually have a function apart from just being like that little static bar where it just like hides little bits of information. Now that's actually useful space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I really like the uh, the way that you phrased the, the touch bar thing. And when you look at the dynamic island, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, detract from anything you were doing before because the notch didn't do anything before. It was just kind of mm-hmm. there. But it does actually do more. It moves, like you said, moves all that stuff up there, lets you, you know, moves it a little bit higher out of the way. You can still interact with it up there. And, you know, it has, you know, it's dynamic. It'll, it'll respond, you know, we saw the examples. You are listening to music and it puts a little button up there and you tap on that and you can access your music player. You could do that from Control Center as well, but it's a little bit uh, quicker of an access and it's more timely. Instead of, you know, the Control Center always has the music player, whether or not you're listening to any kind of audio, this puts it up there when you are, and when you're not, then something else is up there. So it's more timely, it's more reactive, it's more useful. Absolutely. And that, I mean, the thing is, we're, we're only talking about that one feature, which I think has really captivated people. But when you look at what the iPhone 14 Pro offers overall, like... This, I think, is honestly one of the best years for the iPhone. Like, we were all bored going into this when uh, it first came out that John's uh, leaked design wasn't going to make it to the actual production this year. And we were all like, oh man, this year's going to suck. It doesn't look any different. What are they even going to do? They're just going to make it a pill instead of a notch? That's boring. And then they gave us... The dynamic island, which we've talked about, is really cool and innovative. They gave us four new cameras. Front and back, all the cameras are new. That 48-megapixel sensor, which has, like, super sampling, essentially. So when you take a picture with it in normal mode, you're not using... It's not going to be a 48-megapixel photo, because that's, like, 60 megabytes per picture. But what it does is you have four times the the pixel data so it can filter and and pick the best stuff 
and it should make the, the cameras look way better. The pictures are, are going to be massively better. So that's already big. The better low light, the, um, what was it, action mode, basically having that optical and digital stabilization, the always-on display. Like, the list is pretty long. Satellite connectivity, if you need that. Like, there is a lot there. I think this is a, a, actually a really, really substantial upgrade to the iPhone in a year where they don't change the design. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a good point because I think, you know, maybe next year we'll see. I think there's that deadline for USB-C or removing the port. Yes. Maybe we'll see something related to that. Or I guess we big. probably will see something related to that. Potential new design uh, since we've had this design since the iPhone 12. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, rumors will come out later. But for now, yes, this is definitely an interesting update. There are a couple of very nice things here. I keep forgetting about the always-on display. Like, literally, I completely forgot about it until you yeah. just said it. You know, we'll see how useful it is. But it's another feature that's there. Always-on display, the better camera, the dynamic island, you know, all the smaller stuff that they did. It's definitely a solid update this year. It's not boring, I will, I will say. I'm I'm really interested to see. I think honestly, I think the always on display is something that is going to you know, it'll eventually make it to more devices and I could see there being additional software level functionality coming to that. And like yeah. like we talked about the the stealth map mode. Mhm. Like black and white low low brightness a lot of like black areas but it could have like the 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 driving directions on a low power mode that would be a i think that'd be a great idea like there, there's a lot that you can do with that always on display right now i don't really see it as that compelling of a feature just because you know as you mentioned you forgot about it i honestly don't really think about it all that much i don't think i'm going to use it that often i might even turn it off if it turns out it helps battery life but it's a good idea and it's good hardware to have around when software can use it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Very, very excited to get the, the new iPhone and these other new devices in our hands soon and uh, play around with them and, and, uh, and see how they are. Yeah, it's by the, by the time we're back here next week, seven days, folks, set your stopwatches and calendars and, put put those boulders up above your fridge because we are we're going to be back with the phones we'll have a couple days experience using them um i'm excited i'm very excited there's obviously going to be a lot of coverage on my channel uh this year i think is 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 a big enough year that i'm going to i'm going to be putting out some videos on it i don't typically do that much iphone stuff so i'm not going to inundate you i'm not going to do you know, like tons of benchmarks, but I think honestly, pretty good year. It, it, it's a great year to be buying a new iPhone. It is a great year for a new iPhone and it's a great time right now for us to end oh. this episode. <gasps> My goodness. I, I was wondering, you had that look in your eyes of like, I, I'm going to transition this to ending the podcast and you did it well. Thank you. Thank you. That was very well done. Thank you. As was this episode of Dark Mode by us. I, 
including me, your host, Luke Miani. And me, your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.